Did you guys have fun this afternoon? Yeah! That's good. So did I. Got to get ready here. Can you grab those? I will. Get them out of your way. Let me see. Let me think of a joke like Cal tells while I'm getting ready. What do you call a fish with no eyes? A fish. Yeah. All right. So before we get started, tonight we're going to talk about good versus evil. But before we get started, I just think it's only fair that I share my skills too. Because Mark, he did a great job this morning, didn't he? He's an amazing ventriloquist. And I don't want to show him up. That's not my goal. But I can throw my voice too. So you guys ready? You want to see it? Here we go. Start off easy. Hello. Here we go. Okay, I gotta throw it harder. Let's try it. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Goodbye. Pretty good, huh? Let me try another one. I am pretty. I am ugly. Uh, let me try. Let me try another one. Here we go. I am super smart. I try real hard. All right, one more. I'm pretty sure I could get it right this time. Here we go. I have lots of naturally flowing hair. I can't do it. <laughs> All right. Is that pretty good? But I'll concede, Mark is still way better at that. I've got a long, a long way to go, right, Mark? All right. Thank you for indulging my, my weirdness. Are you guys ready to get into it tonight? Man, nothing better than talking about Jesus. It is my favorite, favorite thing to do in the world. So I just want to say something real fast about our theme verse in Colossians, our two verses, Colossians 1, 28 and 29 that we've been talking about. I want to put it into context before we dive into what we're talking about tonight so you understand that verse, those two verses a little bit more. It was written by a guy named Paul, right? And he wrote these letters or epistles, we call them, to the different churches. In the early church, his job was to bring the gospel to people that weren't God's people. They weren't the Jews, but they were we call Gentiles. And so what that means is sometimes in the early church, the Gentiles brought things from their other lives before they knew Jesus and kind of intermixed it into the church and what just added it to Jesus and it wasn't the right thing. So Paul's, what he's doing with the Colossians here is he's trying to, to purify the church, okay? And he's also trying to mature people in their Christianity and their relationship with God, helping them be complete in Christ. And he says, but I'm striving to do this, but not in my strength, but in whose strength? God's strength. He says, because he can't do it in his strength. And that's something that we know. We cannot do anything that is spiritual importance without God. We cannot do it. We can't do it on our own. We need him. And Paul declares that in these verses. There. Is that better? Can you hear me better now? All right. So before we dive in, let's say a word of prayer. Pray with me. Guys, take your lids off and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for the worship time uh, that we did in song with Cal and the band. We thank you for um, the just the, the fun time with the, the rec team showing us, uh, uh, guiding us through where your power really comes from. And then also, God, we thank you for that time that we get to worship in you in your word tonight as well. So Father, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would work in a tremendous way tonight in our hearts, that none of us would leave here the same, but you would change each and every one of us in a special way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so the story of good versus evil, super duper dippity Dan took on Professor Vaughn, bad guy, and of course, good won, uh, because he's super Dan. But the story of good versus evil goes back to the very beginning of our history of mankind, right at the beginning when we were created, people, right? So it's been all the way throughout our history, there's been a story of light versus dark or good versus evil since we have been around. Now, I was a known villain. I don't know if you know this or not. I was a little known villain when I was younger. They called me the villain of pranks. 
Okay, because I, I, was, I was the nemesis for people. They never wanted to prank me because they were afraid of what I would do back. I've done some things I wouldn't do now. I'd put my friend's car for sale in the newspaper really cheap with their phone number on it. <laughs> Stuff like that, you know. But I've calmed down a lot. Like the, the only pranks I do now is like a year and a half ago, I had to get an MRI. Can you imagine this? At Kaiser. And Kaiser uh, Permanente, I'm sitting there waiting to have my pictures taken on my back in the waiting room. And uh, they come out with a clipboard and they always come up to you and say, uh, Mr. Griffin, are you Mr. Griffin? Yeah, come on back, right? And so if you've never been there, say, come, this guy comes out with a clipboard. There's a guy sitting next to me and he's an older gentleman and he gets up and he goes through this door right there in front of us and it was a bathroom. So he goes into the bathroom. Then this guy comes out with a clipboard and he goes, uh, he goes, uh, he's looking around, he's going, Mr. Anderson, Mr. Anderson, Mr. Anderson. And he comes up to me and goes, are you Mr. Anderson? I said, no, no, I'm not Mr. Anderson. I said, I didn't think so. So then he turns around and walks back behind the counter and leaves, goes in the doctor's office. And I'm thinking, you know, that guy in the bathroom is probably Mr. Anderson. So by, I don't know, 10 seconds later, that guy comes out of the bathroom, sits down right next to me again. So I have my phone and I'm scrolling through it, looking, and I wait about five, six seconds. And I put my phone down and I kind of cross my legs and I turn towards him and I go, Mr. Anderson? He goes, yeah. And I go, we've been following you for some time now. And he goes, what? <laughs> like, who, who are you and what do you want with me? I'm just kidding. Some guy came out looking for Mr. Anderson. I thought it was probably you. You might want to tell him you're here. He's like, oh, thank God. So when he said, thank God, that made me think maybe somebody was after him, right? So I was a villain for years of pranks, and I've calmed down in my old age. I don't do that as much now. But we have some very famous villains. I want to see if you know who they are. So let's put our first one up on the screen. That's, that's the Joker, right? Nothing funny about that Joker. All right, who, let's put another one. You guys know, know this one? It probably helps that her, that her name was right there, but she's a villain. Let's put another one up there. Who's this? You know? DeVille. Okay. Right, let's see. You got another one, maybe? Who's this one? Bowser. Yeah, he's a... He's a villain. All right, so who else Who else do we have? Oh, Darth Vader. He was a big-time villain, right? Now, before I put this next one up, I want to put a warning because I know some of you guys, when I was your age, I would get scared really easy when I would see scary things, and I know bedtime's coming and I won't be able to sleep. So some of you, if you get scared easy, cover your eyes, okay, and don't look at it if that's you, all right? So here's our next villain. It's probably my scariest one I have, and that's the Care Bears. I call them the Scare Bears, right? Like, look, look about, their eyes will follow you wherever you go, man. Those guys, all right, get, get them off. I can't even handle that. Let's go back to the, go to the title. Go back to the title screen for me. Whew. All right, you guys are with me on that one, right? All right. Scary, scary Care Bears. All right. So now let's take a deep breath. Let's take a deep breath. Deep now, though, I'm going to ask you tonight, we're going to get very serious and very real, real quick here. And we're going to do some interactive stuff with you. But I want you guys, I'm going to challenge you guys tonight. Don't chit chat when, unless I'm asking you to answer a question. And be respectful to the people next to you that they can hear what's being said, what God is saying to us tonight. And the reason for that is we don't want to interfere with what God is going to do in their life, do we? So don't distract the person next to us tonight. Sound good? Is that a deal? Yeah. Right on. Then let's do this. So there are three villains. I had a counselor this morning who was going to find me three people to hold signs. Who are the three? Did you find them? Who was my counselor? Was it you? Yeah. Did you find my three? Okay. Send them up. Come on up. All right. So you're going to, you're going to be right here. And these are our three villains that we're going to talk about tonight. These are three very real villains in our lives today, okay, that have eternal consequences to them. And so we want to be very aware of what they do. The first one, hold that sign, is sin. Hold up both hands in front of you. The next one, who's next, is death. And then this one over here is Satan, okay? So those are our three villains. Now, I want you guys, I want death and Satan to go ahead and have a seat right here, just right here, right here on this first step. Just sit right there. Okay. Don't, don't boom. All right. 
So you're going to hang out right here for me, okay? So first we're going to talk about our villain of sin. We're going to look at sin first. So what is sin? Sin, the word sin, is actually an archery term, and it means to miss the mark. So if you're aiming for the bullseye and you miss that mark, I mean, you sin. You miss what you're aiming for. And so the mark that we are aiming for spiritually is for God right? Where the bullseye is to be like God, perfection, pure, righteousness, holiness, all that God is, that's who we are aiming to be. But we miss because we sin. We have a sin. We're not that. So what does sin do? When we have sin in our life, it's in all the wrong stuff that we do, all the bad stuff that we do. Every one of us sins one time or another. What happens is Romans 6, 23 tells us that for the wages of sin is death. And that's what sin gets us. It gets us death, which we're going to talk about in just a minute. Death is eternal. It, it, it meaning, and eternal means forever, right? It means death is eternally or forever being separated from God and all the things that are good. We are separated. Can you imagine being separated from God and everything that is good for all eternity? That's what sin causes. That's what we deserve. That's what our wage. A wage is something that you earn. It's a debt that we owe. Sin also hardens our hearts. He's a villain because when we sin, it hardens our hearts against God because we're, we're operating in complete opposite or contrast or rebellion to God. Ephesians 4.18 says this. It says, they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. Their hearts are hardened because of their sin against God. And God hates sin. Why does God hate sin so much? What's so bad about sin? It's because it's in complete contrast or opposite or in conflict with everything that God is. He's holy. He's righteous. He's pure. He's all these things. And sin causes an injustice. And God is just. And so it's just totally opposite of who he is. So when we choose, when we sin, we're literally choosing to do, pick something else instead of God. We're choosing to do something over God. We're doing something against God. We're in rebellion to, who he, to him and to who he is. So we choose to, to act in a way or sin that's in direct conflict to who he is. We choose ourselves before we choose God. We choose ourselves before we choose God, Right? We choose the things of this world, maybe, instead of choosing God. Sin is a big deal. God hates it. Check out Isaiah 59, 2. It says, but in your iniquities, and your iniquities are your wrongdoings, they have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear you. So what sin does, hold it up, hold the villain up. So what sin does, it causes this separation between us, God's special creation, and himself. Such a division that we cannot get ourselves back to God. We can't be good enough back. We can't do good things to get back to God because we'll mess up again. There's nothing. We have this debt that was owed. The wages of sin is death. And we can't, we can't do anything on our own to get back to God because sin has caused this separation between us. So here's a way to look at it. I had six other volunteers. Sin, you can sit down just for a second. So I had six other volunteers. I have a counselor pick three girls, three guys. Come on up. Just coming up back here. Three girls, three guys. Okay. All right. So you are going to hold this right here. Let's bring you over here. I think you can see better. You're going to hold this. And I know it's kind of small. And hold it right in front of you. And this is God. This is our target. Okay. This is our target. God's the bullseye. Anything outside of God is a sin. Because sometimes people say, why, why is sin so bad? Why would you say that like lying or, or cheating is just as bad, causes the same consequences as like murder or something? I get that, right? But why, why is it so bad? Let's, let's, let's look at it. So I'm going to give you guys a sin. So come on over here. You are going to get lie. You can be cheat. You can be steal. Steal, I want this paper back, okay? All right. Yeah. 
Bully, you're going to be the bully, okay? And you are, you're going to be the 49er fan. Okay, so those, those are the sins. Okay, so I'm going to give you some tape, and we'll start with Lie. Let's, Lie, let's start with you. Lie, how far of a miss do you think Lie is to being a bullseye? Is it a big sin? Is it a little sin? Where does it land on here? Come on over here. Come on over. I got tape. Oh, I'm preparing our Boy Scout. Okay, right there? Yeah. So pretty close? Yeah. Okay. So right there? Yeah. Okay, good job. Good job. Don't go anywhere yet. Okay, now who's, who's got cheat? Cheat, come on over. Where would you put cheating? Looked on your neighbor's paper at school or something. All right, so it's right there. Okay, a little worse than lying. What if you're lied about cheating? All right, stealing! Down there? Okay. Okay, you want to tape it down there? All right, good job. So way, a lot farther. So it's worse than lying or cheating and stealing, okay? And then we got bullying. Where's that? Down there. Pretty bad. Pretty misses the mark. Okay. Ooh. Good job. And then 49er fan, where would you put that? Up here? Up here? All right. So 49ers fan. Oh, yeah. So it's, I mean, it's pretty far out there. It's really missed, misses that mark. All right. So, so we might say it, on earth, like lying is not as bad as like stealing a car. If you tell a little white lie, if you tell mom and dad or grandma or somebody who said, you know what? No, I, 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 I didn't make the mess that dog did, right? And you lie about it. It's not that big of a deal, right? As say stealing a car, probably worse, right? Or bullying somebody and crushing who they are, right? That's pretty bad. But what's something they all have in common? What's happening they all have in common? They all missed, right? They all missed. Hey, let's look at it this way. Let's give them a round of applause. Let's, you, you can say, you want to stay? Okay, you stay up here with me. Let's look at it this way. Everybody else have a seat. Give them a round of applause. Let's look at it this way. Okay, come here. We've got all these sins. Anybody here have a grandma? I have a grandma. Where she's in heaven now. But... She's great. So we're going to dress you up as a grandma really quickly, okay? So here we go. Put your, put your arms through the armholes. Oh, turn around. Turn around. Here you go. There you go. Ready? And as a prize for doing this, you can keep the costume if you want. Okay. Maybe you can wear it to breakfast. I don't know. All right. So here's grandma. Now, hold on. Grandma wouldn't be complete without an apron. All right, because grandma's baked cookies in the kitchen for us. Or, so here's your apron. All right, let me tie it for you. How's that? Where's the other one? There you go. How we doing, grandma? Okay, now no grandma. I don't care what she's doing. A good grandma, she's always got her pearls on, right? So I got to get your pearls on. Let's double loop this thing so it's not so. Woo, there we go. Good? All right. So now grandma won't be complete without a grandma hat. So here's your hat, Granny. Okay. And you need your little bag. And of course, Grandma needs glasses. Okay. So here you go, Grandma. Put that, you go way down on your nose like that. Okay. There you go. Perfect. So there's our Grandma. All right. Everybody say hi to Grandma. So let's look at it this way. Here's our picture of Grandma. Grandma is the innocent, wholesome lady that we love who is in the kitchen making us cookies. Or maybe if we're out and about with her on an errand, she says, hey, would you like a butterscotch candy from my purse, right? She's always got candy in there. Or hey, I'll give you a quarter if you go check the mail, right? Or something like that. She's so sweet. Like we love grandmas. Do we not love grandmas? Grandmas are the best, right? Aren't they high five for grandmas? Now, could you imagine? Could you imagine now if you stole from grandma? Would that not offend you if you stole from your sweet, wholesome grandma? All right. What about what about if you what about if your grandma saw you bullying somebody? Would that offend your grandma? Would that disappoint her? That'd be big time, right? Okay, hold on one more. What if you lied to your grandma and your grandma found out and your grandma knew it? Would that, would that disturb her? Would that offend grandma? Okay, now listen. Listen. Everybody quiet. Eyes up here. Eyes up here. You think about this sweet little old lady. 
She's our grandma. She's wholesome. She's, she's good. But one thing we don't know about grandma is grandma is a sinner also, right? She's imperfect. Before she knew Jesus, she was in a biker gang many years ago, right? But now she's little old grandma. And we think about how much our sin would bother grandma. Should she not be disappointed in us? Would you want to go to your grandma and confess, grandma, I've been lying to you? That'd be hard to do, right? Now you take grandma out of the picture and you put God in that spot. And you imagine how much more even just a little lie would offend our holy, our pure, ultimate power, creator God who created us and loves us and created us to be perfect, to have fellowship with him. But we broke that in sin. How much just one little sin causes our relationship with him to shatter. He who is sinless, he who is perfect. It just takes one little drop of oil to, to pollute gallons of water. It takes just one little tiny sin to separate us from our God. And it has the same effect as what we call a, a big sin. Maybe bigger consequences on earth, but in our relationship with God, same effect separates us from God. Grandma, you can have a seat. You want to take your, clothes, you take your, your costume off? You want to take it with you to your seat? Okay, there you go. Thank you, Grandma. Let me tell you, listen to this. Romans 3.23 says, For all, all have sinned. You, me, Byron, Mark, your counselors, all of us have sinned, and all fall short of the glory of God. All and every one of us. And sin must be dealt with. All sin is an injustice. And in God's perfection, he is also perfectly just. And so he can't allow sin to go undealt with. God can't just say, oh, it's just a little sin. Forget about it. He can't do that because he is a just God. And if he does that, he compromises his holiness and who he is. And he's no longer God. Think about it. If your mom and dad was a police officer and you committed a crime, they love you, but they would still have to arrest you. And if they didn't, then they would, stop, they would stop being police officers because they have to make sure justice happens, even though they love you. God loves you, but if we sin, he's still God, and he still has, our sin has to be taken care of. Otherwise, if we're not covered by the blood of Jesus, we suffer death, eternal separation from God. We'd call it hell. And there's a heaven and there's a hell. And the consequences of our sin that are unforgiven are not covered by Jesus, which we're going to get to in just a minute, okay, have the consequence to them. A broken relationship with God. So sin made our next villain, which is death. Death, stand up. Death, stand up. There you go. So sin made our next villain death. Death is eternal separation from God, like we said, not just a physical death, but a spiritual one as well, being eternally separated from God and all that is good. And I, I know that you're young, but here's the truth. We don't think about at your age, you don't think about death very much, right? Who does at your age? But when you get older, you start realizing your mortality. And that, but here's the truth. Every single one of us one day are either going to, to die or Jesus is going to come back. One of the two is going to happen. One or the other, whichever one happens first. But either way, through those ways, we're all going to stand before God one day. And we're going to either get separation and, from God forever, all eternity. Or we're going to be welcomed into his presence and be able to live in heaven and dwell with God and all that is good and all his glory forever and ever. But death Death is, is a, a horrible, horrible villain of ours because we can't escape it, but God provided a way, which we're going to get to in a minute. Go ahead and sit down. Our last villain that we're going to talk about is stand up. It's our third villain. He's very, very real, is Satan. Who is Satan? Satan's very real. Here's what God's word tells us. Here's what the Bible tells us who Satan is. This is what we know about him, that he was an angel, and he was, he was a, a higher-ranking angel, if you will, and he, what we call, fell. He was prideful. He thought that he could be like God, like he could do what God does. He was full of pride. In fact, Satan, what you need to know about him, he is a powerful enemy. 
but he is not God. He is created. He was an angel who fell and he was kicked out of heaven and a bunch of some other angels went, went with him as well. And we know those today as demons. And these are very, very real. We have spiritual warfare going on this earth. And he is our, one of our biggest enemies is Satan. Because here's the thing about Satan. He knows that he can't beat God. He knows that he's powerless against God. And Satan has no love. He's evil. And he was in the Garden of Eden, and he tempted, he made the temptation happen of, of, of Adam and Eve, and they ate and disobeyed God. They rebelled against him. And the consequences of that is each and every one of us are born with a sin nature. We're born sinners. And that's where the Bible says that we are, we are slaves to sin. We really have no choice but to be sinners when we're born. But the devil, Satan, he is our enemy, and he's constantly working since the Garden of Eden. He's constantly working against people ever since then to turn God's creation against God. Because he knows he can't beat God, but he can come down and he can influence us. Here's who he is. He says, 1 Peter 5.8 says this about him. It says, be sober-minded, so be clear-minded. Be aware. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. If you're a believer, then he is never going to own you, okay? You belong to God. You've been bought, paid for by the blood of Jesus. You're in the family of God. But he's going to do everything he can to oppress you and to keep you down and to make you stumble and fall and keep you away from your relationship with God. And there's a battle, a very battle going on for your soul. Ephesians 6.12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in heaven. Our enemies are not each other. Our enemies are not our classmates. Our enemies are not the kids we see at school on campus. Our enemies are not the kids in our neighborhood. The enemy is not our, our family members. Our enemy is, is nobody in our community. That's not people. And the people who even would harm us, they're victims of our enemy because they've been, they've been boozled by the enemy and bought into his lies. These are our enemies, sin, death, and Satan. Satan's spiritual uh, powers are at force, battling for our souls, good versus evil. And our enemy, Satan, knows. You can sit down, Satan. Enemy knows, not that you're Satan, but you're holding the card. Our enemy, Satan, knows people very well. He knows your weaknesses. He knows where you're weak and he knows where you're strong. And he tries to take advantage of your weaknesses. Our fears, he knows what you're afraid of. Our worries, our anxieties, our pride. He is the father of lies. He might tell you no one loves you. And you're so alone. Nobody loves you. And that's a lie. We're going to talk about that in just a little while. He might tell you you're worthless. Or he might tell you, hey, you're better than everybody else. And you should be prideful. You're better than everybody here. He knows the temptations of your soul. He knows me like me. I can resist. If I'm trying to lose weight, I can resist cake all day long. No problem. But you put a double-double from in and out in front of me, that thing's as good as gone. Right? That's my weak spot. That's my weak. No, I'm going to fall. Then he uses where we're weak against us. He's very good at marketing, packaging, putting things in pretty packages, making sin, things that are against God, things that God has told us is, is not for us. He's great at putting them in packages. And they sin promises so much. But you know what it actually delivers? Nothing. It underdelivers, it overpromises, and it leads to destruction and death. That's it. But sin can see packages as, as stuff that is good, but it's not. Because sometimes sin might feel good, make us feel good for a moment, but that's fleeting because it leads to destruction. We, we call him the, the father of lies, but we know our heavenly father is the God of truth. That God is truth, and we can battle his lies by filling our lives with truth that we get from where? The word of God, right? But Satan's a deceiver. He's a liar. And here's one way he loves to use lies to destroy us. When I was your age, we used to go into 7-Eleven, Circle K. You guys go into Mini Marts, right? You get the big soda fountain drinks. You guys still drink those things, right? All right. So... We would go, this is what we would do a lot. And we would go down the soda fountain line and we'd just go, suicides, right? We'd fill those things up with every flavor you got. And then you drink it 
And it really doesn't taste like any of the flavors. They're all mixed together. I can't tell the Dr. Pepper from the root beer from the cherry Pepsi to the Coke, right? Because they're all mixed together. It becomes something else. That is what Satan loves to do to us. That's what he does. He, he, he takes one true thing. He takes one true thing, and then he mixes it with a bunch of lies. And he gets us to only experience that one thing. We can't tell what's true and what lie, what's lies. And we see it as one flavor now. And he gets us to buy into that. So he's done that trick to me millions of times in my life. And I bet tonight he's using that same trick with some of you. Some of you might feel, maybe you come, unfortunately, I, I hope you don't, but some of you, maybe you've come from a broken home. And maybe, maybe let's say, d dad has left the scene. Maybe that's the case for you. And he's no longer around. Well, the devil adds lies to that. And he says, you're not loved. He left because uh, you're a failure. He left because uh, um, you didn't love him enough. You let him down. Or he might say, he left because mom, your mom didn't love him enough. Or whatever it may be. He took the one true thing, which, yeah, dad left. But he mixes it with all these lies. And all of a sudden, you start being torn apart from the inside out because you're buying in and you're believing these lies that he's telling you. The truth, though, is him leaving has nothing to do with you. That you are loved. And that you have a heavenly father who loves you more than you can comprehend. And scripture says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Maybe you're bullied at school. And that's a horrible thing. You've done nothing wrong. But Satan adds these lies like you're being bullied because you're weird or because you're an outcast or no one likes you or life will always be this way and it's never going to change for you. Everyone's laughing at you when the, tr the only truth was was that somebody, a very small person, did a very evil thing to you and bullied you, tried to tear you apart, probably because they're a victim of Satan and they bought into his lies as well. And that's how they're responding and living that out. That's the only true thing there that's happening. You're not a loser. You're not weird. In fact, you're made on purpose, for a purpose, by a God who loves you and has a plan for your life. And he says, son, I'm going to bring you through this. Daughter, I'm going to bring you through this. And I'm going to redeem you and make you whole. So you don't buy into the things that says I'm worthless and I'm weird and I'm an outcast. Because it's not true. You've been adopted into the family of God if you put your faith in Jesus. There's no better inner circle in life than that alone. It's a great thing to be a part of. Some of you, some people have had, physically have had horrible things done to them. Horrible things done to them. And they carry around the lies that Satan pours into that and mixes it up so you don't even know that it's not true anymore. And, and these, these poor, these kids at your age and they older, they carry it all the way into adulthood and they say, this, this thing has happened to me, this person did this to me, and I'm, I'm, I'm no good now. I'm, I'm worthless. Nobody's ever going to want me in life. No one's ever going to want to marry me and have a family. I'm ugly. And the truth is, you're not. You're beautiful. You're worth so much. You're God's special creation, and he loves you. And that's a, that's a lie from the enemy. And you can be redeemed. God can redeem you and make you whole and heal you and love you. And you don't need to buy into those lies and carry those with you for years and years because it's a ploy of our enemy who's looking to destroy you. And it's not true. An evil, ugly thing happened. But all those other things, those lies about you just aren't true. There's a big lie that's going out there now that's one of the biggest we see across the board. And that Satan is making people say, no, this is okay. It's your truth. It's who you are. It's who you were created to be. And it's just not the truth. He's putting these lies in there when people don't understand their identity as a creation of God, as a child of God. Their, their identity is not found in Jesus. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But that is when it comes to sexual identity, gender identity. They're saying, hey, you can choose whatever you want to be. You can choose if you want to be a boy or if you want to be a girl. We hear that all the time. You probably hear it at school. You've seen it on TV. Maybe some of your teachers have talked about it. Guys, I'm here to tell you that it is just not true. God has created each and every one of us very special. He's created Adam and Eve, he created man and women. He created men and women differently. He created us to, to complement each other. 
to. He's given us different skills, different characters, different things about us that we are perfect partners with one another. Men and women, that's how God's designed it to be. And if we choose otherwise, we choose outside of that, we're actually saying that God doesn't know what he's doing. That we're sinning because we're rebelling against God and how he created things to be when God knows what's best because he loves us and he has a plan for us. And I know people struggle with this and it breaks my heart because it even goes for people who, who are trans, transgendered as well. That they go as far as changing their bodies because they have this emptiness and they, they, they're not sure who they are and they go through all that work of changing their bodies and then they still feel empty. They still feel hopeless. So they have the highest suicide rate than any other group of people because at the end of the day, they still don't have hope. They said, I changed my body. I still don't know what to do because you will never fully have satisfaction. You will no fully have peace. You will never fully live life to the fullest until you embrace and accept and say, I'm gonna live as God created me to be. He created me to be this, this, this man, or he created me to be this woman. And I'm going to deal with the, the sin and the lies that are being poured into me, the things that aren't true. And my identity needs to be found in Jesus and what he has done for me and who God has said I am, not who the world says I am, but I'm a beautiful child of God and I want to be how he created me and I'm going to have life to the fullest. I'm going to experience his love, his redemption, his peace, and I'm going to be at peace. I'm going to be content and have joy in my life. And I'm going to know that I have a purpose and a plan for me. That's when you're going to hit the sweet spot. Because the other stuff, gender identity and saying you choose, it causes chaos. It causes confusion. It causes division in the world. And our God does not create confusion. He is not a God of chaos, but he is a God of peace. So I implore you, man, if, if you're struggling with this, reach out to your counselors, reach out to your pastors. They want to walk alongside you with this and love on you. And, and they want to have this conversation with you. But here, we talked about all this bad news. We talked about our villains, but here's the exciting stuff. Here comes the good news. And there's so much more of it than the bad news. You guys ready for it? So here it comes. John 3.16. We probably, a lot of us know it, but boy, you don't get any better than this. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So enter our superhero against our villains, our one true higher power, Jesus. And he comes in, he does his one, two, kapowi, zamo, knockout punch to our villains. And here's how he does it. Sin that separates us from God. Sin, stand up. He separated sin that separated us from God. It had to be dealt with. Cannot be left alone, right? Because none of us are innocent. We can't save ourselves. We can't even save our friends because our friends aren't innocent either. Like when I was a kid, I know we don't do spanking anymore, but when you're bad, when I was a kid, you get a spanking, right? And so if I was going to get a spanking, my brother said, oh, I'm going to save him. Boom, hit me out of the way and take my spanking for me. He wouldn't be saving me. You know why? Because my brother did wrong too. So all he's getting is his punishment. So nobody else could die for us because we all sinned. We all owe the same debt of death. So how can we die for each other? How can we die for our own sins? We can't save ourselves. We couldn't even save anybody else. Nobody else can do it. Only an innocent person can do it. And nobody's innocent because the Bible tells us all have fallen short, right? We've all sinned, except one. And that's Jesus. Jesus came down and substituted, became our substitute. He died for our sins. He saved us. He alone is innocent. Romans 5, 8, 9 says this. It says, but God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him, by him from the wrath of God. He came down and he lived a life, fully man, 
fully God without sin. And he showed us how to live, how to follow God. And then he died a brutal death on a cross for us to take the punishment that we deserved for our sins. Why we were still sinners. We didn't have to clean ourselves up because we couldn't stop sinning. We were slaves to sin. But Jesus loved us so much. He says, I love my creation. They can't save themselves. So I'm going to come along and I'm going to take care of sin and I'm going to pay the price. So our, he knocked out that villain with his own blood. And he took care of sin by shedding his blood instead of ours. Jesus hung on that cross, says 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake, he made him to be sin. So he made Jesus to be sin, who knew no sin. He was sinless. So that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. Do you know how cool that is? That God says, I'm God, so I can't ignore sin, but my creation has sinned and they can't take care of the sin. Only I can because I'm sinless, so I'm going to go down and I'm going to take care of it for them. Not, no one has done anything more loving for you than Jesus dying on the cross. They never will. And he came to save us. Before, we had no choice but to sin, but the Bible calls us slaves to sin, bondage to sin. But when we choose Jesus, we are a new creation. The old has gone away, the old person. We're not slaves to sin anymore. Now we live for righteousness. We have Jesus' own righteousness put upon us, and we receive forgiveness for our sins. And, and, and God sees us. He's just and faithful to forgive us of our sins, but we must do this to receive it. John 14, 6 says, this, 6 says this, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So there's only one way to get to heaven, one way to be back in relationship with God, and that is through Jesus. There's no other way. The world might tell you there's other ways, but we go by what God says. He's the father of truth. And he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to, if we don't know Jesus, we don't know God. So we, only, we can only get there through putting our faith and trust in Jesus. We need a savior and he's it. There's only one. You guys know another reason God hates sin so much? Because it separates him from those he loves. And he hates it. He doesn't like being separated from his creation because he loves us. He came and he died for his glory and because of his love for us. So Jesus hung on the cross and he died. And then he was buried. You can sit down. You go ahead and stand up. He was died and he hung on the cross and was buried for three days in a tomb. And he was dead. And then three days later, he was resurrected. And Jesus came back to life. And we are serving a living Savior. Jesus came and he witnessed to his disciples. And then he said, I go and I prepare a place for you. And he went up to heaven. He's preparing a place for us. He promised to return one day. And we know he's faithful to do that. And by doing that, if he stayed dead, if he stayed dead, did I lose my paper? Oh, I didn't go get it. If he, if he stayed dead, then we would not have victory over this villain. But he did. He was resurrected. So the resurrection, when Jesus came back to life and he died for our sins and he came back to life, he kicked death, boom, right in the teeth. Because now we don't have to experience death because his death was our death. Go ahead and sit down, death, right? Any of you get nervous around bees? I just saw you freak out. Up here. You guys get nervous around bees? Why? Bees, big mosquitoes, scorpions. Why do you get nervous? Why do you act that way? Why do you guys act that way? Because it might bite you. It's going to sting you, right? You don't want to get stung. What if that, I'm up here talking in chapel, and that bu little buzzy thing comes around you, but it doesn't sting? Would you have freaked out like that? No, you wouldn't have. You meant whatever, okay? First Corinthians says this. 15, 55, 56 says, Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He took the sting out of death because when we die now, it's a change of geography. <laughs> if, we have our, if we have salvation through the blood of Jesus, when we die now, we don't experience death. Maybe physically we will, but we get to enter into eternal life for eternity. And no longer separated from God. So the sting's gone. So the villain of death is out, knocked out for good. 
Our last villain, Satan. Go ahead and stand up. He never stood a chance. Never stood a chance against God. He knows his future. His future is eternally lake of fire. He's eternally just separated from God. Punishment forever and ever. He knows he can't defeat God. So like I said, he goes after you. He goes after me. He goes after God's people. He goes after people and trying to keep them from even putting their faith in God in the first place because he's battling for your soul. He says, I'm going to take you with me. But here's the thing. When we put our faith in Jesus, we receive this gift and we get this gift of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit comes. We're going to talk a lot about the Holy Spirit tomorrow. The Holy Spirit comes and lives within us. God dwells within inside of us. So he lives with us. We carry with us the authority of Jesus. At the name of Jesus, Satan and his demons must flee because the greatest power that has ever been known now lives, works, and moves through us. We no longer belong to the world. We no longer belong to Satan and to sin. We belong to God. We've been adopted into his family. We are his children, and we carry with us the authority in the name of Jesus that we've been adopted, that the Bible tells us greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The Holy Spirit who dwells with you is greater than our enemy, right? So we have divine power and authority in the name of Jesus to rebuke Satan, to say, hi, you're not going to get me. I, in the name of Jesus, I don't believe these lies anymore. In the name of Jesus, bug out of here. Leave me alone. You don't need to put up with that anymore because you are free from sin. You're free from death and you're free from the schemes of the devil. Couldn't sit down. Because the Holy Spirit now resides in you and greater is he. We're, just, we're free from his destruction. And we've been made full, whole in God's truth. So to receive victory from our three villains, here's what we need to do. This is super important. Doesn't just happen for everybody, just blanket given. It's offered to everybody. This freedom and salvation, forgiveness of our sins, being able to enter into heaven, receive that identity that is found in Jesus. All of that is offered to everyone. But it's a gift. And what do you have to do to a gift? to receive it. It's not a gift until you take it and you unwrap it. So here's what we need to do. Step one is you need to repent. And repent means this. I'm going this way towards sin. Now I'm going this way towards God. I'm no longer going to be a slave to sin, but I'm actually very sorry for my sin that I have done. And God, I am so sorry. And I don't want to be that anymore. I want to be alive to you and your spirit. I want to be that new creation. I want to be following you with all my heart and receive eternal life. Are you tired of Satan's lies? Are you tired of fear? Are you tired of doubt in your life? Do you want the world to go from maybe the scary place that's filled with fear to a place where you get to reside with peace with God? But here's the cool thing. Putting your faith and trust in Jesus is not just an escape from hell. We don't have to go there anymore. We get to go to heaven and spend eternity with glory for him. But it's about entering into a personal relationship with a very personal God, a Savior who loves you, and following him the rest of your life. I'm going to end with this, and I'm going to give you a chance to pray. When we, There's only one way. It says that, that by our faith in Jesus, right, we say, God, I, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God, fully man, fully God, came down and died on the cross. And you paid my ugly price for my ugly sin when you were innocent, an innocent and you took on and became sin. You became my ugliness and you paid the debt that I owed. And I believe that and I'm sorry for my sin. And please forgive me because no longer do I want to live for that, but I want to follow you, Jesus. I want to be free. I want that life that you promised. I want to be filled with peace and joy and that hope. And it says, so our faith, God saves us with his grace. You guys know what grace is? Grace is when we get something we don't deserve. Mercy is when we don't get something we do deserve. So God's mercy, and he gives us his grace, and what we get that we don't deserve is eternal life in heaven with him. But he's the only way to do it. 
That's the only way is to profess and say, I believe that Jesus, you are my savior. So if you're tired, maybe today, even you said, look, I've, I've been a Christian. I go to church. You guys can have a seat right here in the front row. You guys, I go to church every Sunday. I, I, I've been going to church since I was born. I've been toying with my family, my grandma, my aunt, whoever it may be. But you know what? I'm still buying into the lies of the enemy. I'm still, I still, he's, he's winning this battle of my mind because I do believe that I'm worthless. I feel that all the time. I feel like I'm unloved. Maybe you're, you're battling that today. But today's the day where you say no longer. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I'm not going to live according to that lie anymore. Get rid of it today and walk in freedom that God offers each and every one of us. Because guys, this is what I'm telling you. We have lots of fun and games at camp. But when we're talking about God's word, this is real. This stuff is eternal. And I tell you, if the Holy Spirit is prompting you tonight, whatever he's telling you to do, be faithful and do it. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray. I want every head to bow, every eyes to close, hands to yourselves. And if you want to pray this prayer, if you mean it, that you want to enter into a relationship with God, you don't want to be enemies of God in sin anymore, but you want to be friends with God, then pray this prayer to yourself. You don't have to say it out loud. You can if you want to, but you don't, I'm not expecting you. You can say it to yourself and do it if you truly mean it. And you pour this out before God. It would go something like this. Heavenly Father, Today, Lord God, I know I'm a sinner and I have sinned. And because of that, I, I, deserve, I deserve death. I don't deserve life. I'm wrong in my sin. It has wronged you, God. But God, I know that you love me and I don't want to experience your wrath and your anger. I want to experience your love. I want forgiveness. I want peace. I want to be adopted into your family as your child. So tonight, this is where you would pray this prayer in your head. If this is what you believe, you would say, Lord God, I'm sorry for my sin. I believe in you, Jesus. I put my faith and trust in you that you alone are my savior. I pray, God, that Jesus, your blood that was shed would cover my sins, that I can be innocent. And I thank you for that gift that now I get to enter in the family of God. I go literally from death to life and I get to live free I get to live in your, your joy and your hope and your arms and your love. And I get that gift of eternal life. And God, I want to follow you for the rest of my life. Jesus, you're my Lord, my Savior. I love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, keep your eyes, keep your eyes closed. Some of you might want to even pray this. God, I've been buying lies of the enemy and I know better. I know you told me that I am worth you dying on the cross, Jesus. I know that you love me, but I've been, I've been buying these lies. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus tonight. That I'd be set free from that. That I'd be alive to you and your truth. That God, I will fill my life with your truth. I will dive into your word. I will know who you are. I, today, I'm going to be set free. I'm not going to believe that anymore. And I'm going to fill my life with your truth. And I'm going to be set free from those lies. No longer am I going to let the enemy have control when I'm going to give you control tonight, God. Amen. So here's what we're going to do to end this time with. This is what I always say. I love to do this. And people, I always say, I'm going to challenge you in a second. If you prayed that prayer tonight, I want you, I'm going to tell you on the count of three, I want you to stand up. Because here's the thing. People say, what if nobody stands up, Brian? Is that embarrassing? No, because this is not my work. This is God's work to do. He's doing it in you. So if you prayed that prayer tonight, this is not something to hide. Will we hide that we're Christians? Do we hide that we love Jesus? No, we want to celebrate with you because you, if you didn't have Jesus before you got here, you were a walking dead person. But now if you put your faith in Jesus, you're alive. You have life. And we want to celebrate with you. So if you prayed that prayer tonight, I'm going to ask you on the count of three all together. If you prayed that prayer genuinely, stand up and we want to celebrate with you tonight. Woo! Yeah, you genuinely prayed that. First thing you meant it. So counselors, this is what we want you to do. We want you to look around, see who these kids are. We want you to pray. In fact, grab them right now. Let's pray with them.